Hello and welcome to Meet Environmental Protectors. I'm Julie and I travel to Europe to interview inspiring people committed in environmental protection. My goal is to discover and highlight commitments in different European countries so that we get inspired by one another. My interviewees can be anyone, famous or not, no matter the job nor the scale of action. So if you are excited by the project and would like to participate, do not hesitate to write me an email or to contact me on Facebook or Instagram. You can find the address in the description below as well as more detail on today's guest. Thanks a lot to my friend Claire for her help with the editing. Enjoy! I'm here in Vienna, Austria, uh, at the garden of the Danube's Canal with Debbie and Michael. Uh, well, thank you very much for accepting this interview. Um, and well, first of all, could you perhaps uh, introduce yourselves? Yeah, so I'm Debbie. Um, I come from England, but I've lived in Vienna for <gasps> way too long, 37 years. Um, I don't mean way too long in a negative way, just a very long time. I've been in the garden since the year after it was started. Um, I've always loved gardening, but the idea of an urban garden appealed to me just because we're in the center of the city and we need things like Hello, Michael. Uh, Michael. Uh, I, I'm Austrian. I grew up in the, at the border to Germany, in Viertel, to border to Bavaria, and I'm here in Vienna about more than 20 years now. Okay. Yeah, and I was glad to find this garden. So perhaps tell us more about the garden. When was it created? By who? And what was the, the goal of it? It was a group of people, when was it, 2013? Yes. 2013, it was a small group, I think eight people, something like that. Just private people locally who wanted to do something green. They wanted to set up a community project. Also, the canal was slowly becoming more commercialized. And it's always been considered the garden is a non-consumption space for people to come and enjoy. And so it should be a green space in an urban environment with people can relax, not just the people who are members, but other people too can come and enjoy the space. And it's grown since then. I mean, there were eight eight beds now i think we have over 50 now over 50 oh, yeah. is that many wow. okay <laughs> over 50 members yeah okay. so it's meant for people who enjoy gardening but also for people who want to relax in the city not consume but sit outside or just yeah just be anything to all around It's the best place in Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> Something else very important maybe we should say is that we're, there's lots of urban gardens now in Vienna, more and more, like in most cities. Yes. But we try with our garden that the threshold is really low in terms of who can... Anyone can join and the membership is 10 euros a year. And that's just to buy basics, to keep things covered. And we try and just do everything by not just recycling, but upcycling. We try to not buy anything if possible, including we reuse our own seeds quite a lot of the time and things like that. And we've got our own composting system and different ideas. But the, the beds, for example, we've built from old pallets and old wood. We go on a, on a website called will haben a lot for example, yeah. for example which is a, a free exchange oh, thing okay. well it doesn't you can buy things there as well you don't need to exchange it but no, you no. you go on and you see postings saying i've got if you come and collect it it's free so we use that a lot but we also just ask people 
Mm-hmm. So, for example, there's a building site. They've got waste wood or something. And we say, could we have that? Mm-hmm. And they mostly say yes. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And you, you can just reuse things. So that's terribly important as well, that things should be recycled and upcycled. And as soon as we are doing this, we saw, because we are in the very center of, this, of the city, now it's almost the place to be here on the canal. It's called Canal, but it's uh, Danube, part of Danube. And um, many people um, like you, for example, they pass by from, from different countries and, and, and they, they um, encourage us. Or, or people from Vienna, they have their own gardens and um, they see uh, what you can do with, uh, with, with this palette, uh, how you can do this upside. So you, you inspire others? We hope, we hope so. so. Yeah. I mean, we also use plastic, but it's upcycled or recycled plastic yeah. in the sense that you've got old pots or something. Or like, for example, the, the plastic bottles or something, you can cut them and use them for a little bit of protection for the first early plants, mm. or so that the mice don't eat. <laughs> this yeah. is two things. The one is, you, you, David told us, you can be here without investing much money for you, for this hobby. So everybody can, can, can join, even you don't have much income. Mm. And the second thing is, you can, you can be creative, use things for a second time. Okay. Yeah. And I wanted to say it's not just a garden and it's not just about this plants. It's more it's than also, that. It's also mm-hmm. a, a big um, uh, about uh, to build up creative Space. solutions for, for the plants. And we have, for example, one, one of the beds is run by a charity which is called Kinderfreunde, which is a, um, a charity for disadvantaged children from different backgrounds. And what the kids really love is when we, we also build our own furniture for the sitting area from old, also old pallets and old bits of wood and stuff like that. And the kids love building and they love painting it all. So they're interested in the gardening, but not as much as they are in the building and the painting and all of that stuff, because it's fun for kids. Mm-hmm. They come during term time and when it's a bit warmer and they came for the first time now after a break. And they were immediately asking, when's the next session when we get to build and paint? So that's also an aspect of it. The fact that it's not only a gardening, and, but it's more than that, is it inspired from perhaps a permaculture movement or something like that, or not so much? We use permaculture when we build the beds because it's a good way of sustaining it and we have less work as well. But I mean, specifically permaculture based, any solution, I mean, it's not specifically that, I wouldn't say, huh? No, no. We are not so experts in this. No. <laughs> None of us are experts in any of the We're experimenting with um, compost. We use our own compost. We try to use... Uh, yeah. And we've got a worm box. Yeah, compost made by worms. Oh, in this okay. box, yeah. Very, very good compost. Worms yeah. are very useful. They're, they're wrapped up at the moment. The box has all got lots of dry leaves and stuff around it because it gets too cold in the winter for them. Um, but they're going to be rele- not released, but we can free it up now and start it again. So, yeah. We also used Bokashi. I don't know what it's it a is. sort of compost, like oh, it's, it's made. Um, no. It's it's fermentation of of, of your vegetable um, um, waste. Waste. Yeah. 
very concentrated as a fertilizer, as a natural fertilizer. Yeah. There's something else I want. Oh, yeah, in terms of the community thing, I mean, the, the membership is quite varied as well. Mm-hmm. We've got, I think the youngest member would be um, Paul, who is now two and a half, mm-hmm. and the oldest getting on for 70. We used to have a couple of older people, but they sort of dropped out. Lots of different nationalities. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm English, you're Austrian, lots of Austrians, mm-hmm. obviously, and Germans as well. But also we have a, a Japanese member, somebody from Thailand. We've had French in the past, um, Spanish as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexican. Mexican. Um, Slovakian. <laughs> um any other na- anyway lots of different nationalities so it's not a mod oh we've also Romanian. got a couple of Romanian a couple of Iranian people who used to be refugees but are now Austrian okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's a varied community basically from people more or less from the area but not only a couple of people live in other parts of Vienna and come just because they like it uh, and so if I'm a really a beginner at gardening, I don't know anything, I, I can just come and you, you teach me like while talking and chatting. And, yeah, okay. Debbie is one of the experts. In so if, if you want to have a beat and there's not one been free through natural fluctuation, um, you have to build it. We will help you build it so that you can learn to build your own stuff as well. It's a self-help environment, but we will help, but you have to do something yourself. And you also have to try and find the materials yourself. We'll just tell you what you need. So it's not that everything is done for you. And on the other side, we learn from passers-by. Sometimes you get professional gardeners who come past and they give us really good tips. They're interested in what we're doing and they help. And at one time we had a stage manager for a theatre company... And he's an experienced carpenter and he built lots of stuff for us. Oh, wow. And we've got another member who, he's kind of an inventor almost. He loves creating and building things. Yeah. So he's built the the windmills and different things that we need. He's created, he's built them. And when building the shed, he was very good. We got a proper floor in the shed and things like that. Yeah. It's all so it's a space for, for creativity for everybody. Yeah. What do you do with the vegetables you grow? Is it for you? Do you share it? No, it's it? mostly for own consumption. It's not that much because everybody, so one person has about one square meter so you cannot grow so much anything at the very front of the garden any passerby can take but inside if we grow it we kind of like to use what we've produced ourselves and how do you feel uh, committing to this garden and what does it bring you uh, joy pride uh... if you don't have a balcony or own garden in your it's the paradise here In the warmer months, you can sit and just enjoy it, like in the evening or something. You can just yeah. sit in a peaceful environment. Yeah. Um, and then you have people like yesterday I was doing something and a young couple wanted a little bit of quiet, private time to have a discussion. And they couldn't find anywhere. And they sat here at the back of the garden and just chatted to each other. So they had space too. Um, also working in the garden, garden work is extremely good for the soul. Yeah. 
you just calm down, you feel at peace psychologically, just preparing things to, even if it doesn't it grow, it doesn't really yeah. matter. <laughs> I think for everybody who becomes a member of the garden who stays, that's something which is one of the, the big things. You realise how much gardening is a, a good thing for people. People for thousands of years have grown stuff, it's normal. And it helps everybody. And more about environmental issues in general, mm -hmm. uh, climate change, biodiversity loss, um, mm. kind of negative subject. But uh, mm. how do you feel? Have you ever experienced uh, some kind of uh, eco anxiety? Or uh, I would say, subjects? unless we change things around, there's going to be a generation not too far away who aren't going to have a world that's worth living in. Mm -hmm. It's a big. I would say it's a big worry. We need to change things and we need to change them now. And I have a lot of sympathy for the young, the young people on the streets who are demonstrating because it's their future. I mean, I probably will die before it really gets out of hand. But the next generation, we need to change things. Now, I didn't mean it on so a negative, hopefully things will change. I just meant in the sense that if we don't change and in a hurry, I mean, all of the experts who have half a brain are saying, please, guys, change as soon as possible. That, and I think they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And we can all of us see it happening now. Even mainstream people have changed their minds. Mm -hmm. But the political will still doesn't seem to be there. So, anyway... Hey, just taking a break here to explain. Um, the interview was originally planned with Debbie and Michael, but Ian, another member of the garden, came and we invited him to the conversation. I didn't want to censor him, so he just joined us from here. You're oh. the new inter <laughs> guest, so... Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm Ian. Ian, Ian. Okay. I don't think, I don't think it's like that. Okay, sorry. Because <laughs> yeah. if you want something to change, Did you change in your home something? Yeah. I mean, did you change, yeah. did you change something in your home? Small things. <laughs> yes, sir, yeah. I think so. I've ch we've changed, yeah. If you want to change something in your home, you have to start. Oh, And yeah. that's first. Don't use so much electricity? I don't. Don't use so much? Don't. Well, you don't. No. If you have electricity like wash machine, Fridge, okay, freezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, got a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's what you use electricity for. I don't have fridge. 20 years old. Okay. Uh, before I have also. I do with have the a children. fridge. I must confess, I have a fridge. But Me too. <laughs> I go shopping every one day. Oh. Yeah, I buy in most of my stuff fresh or grow stuff yeah. in the garden as well. But so I do, I do have a fridge. Why fridge? I have a fridge also because of things like the milk or whatever going bad I would waste stuff I'm sure if I didn't have a fridge particularly in the summer it would go bad mm. now that that would be a step too maybe too far too for me big. yeah but I mean for example I haven't had a car for 35 years I cycle nearly everywhere in the really cold months I'll use public transport but mainly I cycle or I walk <laughs> or you can put uh, you can begin to put less meat in your fridge Sure. The people on the street, yeah. they destroyed life other people. They only sitting there and destroyed life 
Oh, you they, mean people glowing yeah. themselves? I they, they, just mean them. They, oh, and they, the last generation or yeah. this kind of... The last generation of... who glow themselves to oh, the okay. street. So I, they, I don't think that... I think they're changing their minds as well. I'm not sure that it's having the effect they wanted. I think they did it out of desperation. I'm not sure about that action. I think it was well meant, but it's not working. Is my feeling about that one. I will be okay but with that. I don't know. What do you think, Mimi? I think it's working in a, in a special way. Okay. But it's not, a, it's not it cannot it's be not the, the solution. It's no. not the solution. I think that's the main reason why they're doing it, because it brings it all up. Yeah. Now, I was talking more about people saying... I can see why, for example, in the Lobau, the kids who were building in Vienna, there's this new building project on the edge of town for a new motorway extension. And the kids there kind of like occupied it for months and months and months. And I could really see why they were doing that because it's ecologically devastating what's going to happen there. They're building extra motorway, which, and they say it's to protect the people in another district, but it's going to cut, it's a tunnel underneath um, a very special area where you've got marshes of a certain type. It's, it's a unique environmental, it's very national sensitive park. national park, and they're going to build a tunnel under part of it for this motorway. And the kids, occupied that space I mean they lost but they tried and I totally understood where they were coming from because it's a motorway for goodness sake I am I am okay if they have they are on the street and they say okay I have no fridge home I have no electricity I have no gas home. they lived there for the one two years I am okay then. they lived there for months on end in the winter with snow and rain and ice and mud and it was wow difficult and they did it they gave up their lives to do that i mean they strong good job and you think you can't have collective action it's better to have individual action and then you can have no you action? can be on the street i'm okay with that okay you but can you glue yourself you can glue yourself but you have to say okay i don't have electricity home for two years um, and i want also to say about the passing by person which coming yeah. people here yeah. a lot of people they don't know what the plant is they only watching and they say okay what is it spinach maybe and they don't know they really don't know and I said okay try one leaf taste what is it and they say mm, this tastes good but I don't know what is it and I said think what could be and then it's mastered and the people don't know they have no idea this mastered. Do you see too that people are a bit disconnected uh, to nature, with nature? A lot of people don't. If people live in the city, they don't. And that's the garden serves a good purpose if you explain to people. And families, particularly children, are very curious. And then you can give them stuff to taste, like you say, and tell them what it is. But also adults have no idea what plants look like in a growing stage. I mean, my partner now knows, but he didn't know from this garden. He knew by visiting my family in England, and my mother sent him out to dig up some potatoes from the garden for dinner. And he came to me and he said, what does a potato look like when it's in the ground? He didn't know what a potato plant looked like. He'd only ever seen them in the supermarket or in the market. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and you have people passing by who are the same. So we can show them this is what it looks like or this is what it is. Yeah. What the difference is, I think, between a city and a town a city in the, and, and the countryside is the countryside kids do. Their parents send them out into the garden to pick the vegetables for dinner. That's a big difference. So it's not everything coming from a market or a shop. So they know uh, what a potato plant yeah. looks like. And they know also the problems that occur with growing things. How something can go wrong suddenly and the whole crop, boom, it's gone for whatever reason. So you have a better connection to the natural world, to the environment. You also, I mean, my brother and I were permanently saving birds and mice and things from our cat, stuff like that. You learn about the world, or the natural world in a bit. We had foxes that would pass through the garden or badgers or... So you knew about the world outside in a much different way to kids growing up in the city. Yeah, it's different. You know, I mean, you have kids in the city, they probably don't know what a cow looks like, maybe. I mean, that we can't provide in the garden. I would kind of, I would kind of like to have a goat. I think it would be nice oh, to have a goat. Yes. But I would, would really eat like... Any, everything. Yeah, yeah, would eat everything, that's the problem. <laughs> but even chickens would be nice, but I don't First think we'd chicken. be allowed. First the chicken, yeah. Mm. Or maybe if not a goat, no, you can't have a sheep, can you? <laughs> be miniature pigs? I don't know, but it would be nice to have some sort of wild life, but it's not possible. So, yeah. Perhaps one day you'll become a pedagogic farm. <laughs> there is <laughs> one in London, I think it still exists. It's a proper farm in the east end of London where they have animals. Oh, there but is one in Vienna, Schönbrunnerstrasse, yes, but it's, oh, private, it's a private space. Oh, it's a, a courtyard. Yeah, a courtyard. Than a small yes, one. they have two big, two pigs, okay. uh, some, a, a goat. Uh, it's like a small farm in, in, okay. in the center of the city. I think the one in London actually has a couple of hectares. I'm not sure. I think it's been around since the 60s. Maybe it doesn't exist anymore. But it could be that I mean foxes and things like that are entering Vienna now too. I mean, really? yeah. yeah, urban areas. And what we've noticed as well with birds and butterflies and things like that, because we don't use any pesticides or anything like that, we're getting a lot more birds and diversity and the butterflies and different creatures coming. Yeah. And there are quite a few. I think in Vienna you have more and more apiists, so for, for honey making and bees and stuff like that. Yeah. We couldn't here because we're too close to people. There's the people living here. I think it's to do with residential space. You have to be careful because of people maybe being allergic or something like that. Kids will be coming, or for yeah. example, there's so much ideas you can do. Um, Aquaponding, so you have fish oh, yes. and it's all as a cycle. cycle. Yeah. You can also do it with the with chicken. The hen house can be moved. No. The, the, the Hühnerscheiße. Oh, the, the chicken, um, yes, <laughs> chicken shit. Yeah, it's fertilizer. True. And you have little pens that you can move. <laughs> I know because an aunt of a friend yeah. of mine had one for her garden and yeah. she would move it round so the chickens ate different spaces. Yeah. That's possible. So there are many yeah. projects projects <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where does your love for gathering come from? I grew up 
with the garden. My father was the main gardener in our family, but I grew up helping him even as a preschooler. I was out in the garden also in the winter doing things. I grew up with the garden. I've, I loved it then and I love it now. Um, my parents all, always had a vegetable garden. And uh, I grew up with this garden, sitting in this garden, uh, tasting yeah. the uh, ripe tomato or the, the peas. Or... Peas is a thing for small children. Yeah. If they come past, we always grow peas. Yeah. You'd need Fresh a bigger peas. space to, for really growing peas, but we always have some because you can give them to small children and fresh peas freshly picked from a garden is something special for a small child. And you? Why do you like gardening? I grew up in Slovakia. and that time, we, everybody has a garden, much more bigger garden, and a very, very big garden. <laughs> and a lot of... Uh, plants and trees. Uh, I forgot to ask you, what do you grow? Like you both, which kind of plants do you grow here? Spillage, um, from herbs, parsley, basil, lovage, um, salad, strawberries, aubergines, peppers, tomato, kale. There's so much vegetables oh, you, um, you can grow in winter, yeah. <laughs> I mean, They're you... very healthy. Yeah, the winter one, so the yeah. the kale and the yeah, pak choy, yeah. could Asian, do a lot more, yeah. Asian salads, mustard salads mm -hmm. and coriander. greens. Yeah, coriander. Coriander, lots of things you can grow in winter as well. We've got some vines as well. We had sure. loads of we had loads of grapes last year. We had it, and we we set up a couple of vines a couple of years ago. We grew them from cuttings. And do you have any resource that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, a book, a podcast, a video, a website. Anything that inspired you that you would like to share with someone else? Anything? Hot little stuff from England. He had, um, he bought a house. He made um, his vegetables and uh, river cottage. It's very interesting yeah. and um, actually he have plants and animals too. A big resource for me. It sounds so very English. A very big resource for me is I go on the website of the um, the Royal Horticultural Society. They have this really in-depth website for lots of different things and I go on there and have a look because I learn lots. If I'm in doubt and I'm not sure what to do, I'll go on their website to try and find out. I think I get inspired by other gardens around here. Yeah, for example, there's a garden uh, near us. They they grew uh, peanuts uh, oh, last year. Okay. <laughs> they didn't oh. know if it's that it's possible in this region. Oh, okay. I don't know if they were successful, but but you get an inspiration of mostly of other gardens, yeah, for me. So. There's also an Austrian guy in Vienna who runs a garden, the city garden, Wolfgang Parma. Yeah. He gives out a lot of information to people. Yeah. I want to try sugarcane. <laughs> then go ahead. Yeah. Where can I buy sugarcane? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> On the internet there is everything. You can, you can just have it. to put sugar in the in this in the yeah. soil. <laughs> like the seeds are working right like now. Nice sugar seeds. Um, and perhaps one last message 
uh, anything. It can be on gardening, it can be on climate change, it can be on committing in general. But use the used things. Mm -hmm. You don't have to buy this new stuff, um, garbage stuff from the supermarket. Yeah. Some plastics. It's not necessary. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. I am skeptical about young people today. <laughs> really I'm skeptical. I see on my children even they have a possibility to go to garden and they say no I have my mobile phone. I say okay come on maybe try for a few hours and they say no. I have my computer and I play game and I can't. I, I have my friends and I and no garden? No. So I am not really happy about that but I can't change that today people especially young well, people if, if you could tell them something that to motivate them or yeah what what do you want them to do tell me hide a computer in my garden <laughs> <laughs> and they should find him the people who started this it was the year before we joined mm -hmm. but they just started from a very small point And some people start that they just, there's sort of like a little space in the middle of the city and they start. Mm. Well, you can start on your window, sir. I mean, that's a common one. Why not? Yeah, our people can do things. I haven't got it anymore, but I had an office briefly in the third district for a couple of years that I rented out. And the shop nearby had a couple of concrete troughs. They didn't particularly use and I just said to them can I use them and I grew stuff and and people in the area used took it and yeah. stuff I was quite happy I didn't mind I just planted yeah. stuff yeah. and there's quite a lot of spaces where people haven't got time and they're happy to let somebody else do it we at the moment Jörg and I there's a Japanese restaurant around the corner from our house and they've got a couple of um, planting troughs left from the restaurant before and they use a couple of them but they haven't got a time to use everything and Jörg said to them can I do it and they said sure and we now get water from them they just like come out with a couple of buckets of water to help because there's no water there and it's just a case of asking never maybe that's the message never be afraid to ask people can only say no and quite often or more often they say yes It's like with the upcycling, mm -hmm. with the, the buildings. People say yes. You say, have you got anything left over? And they, they normally have. Mm. People like helping. Thank you. This is the end of this episode. I hope you liked it and got inspired. If you did, do not forget to rate the podcast, to comment and to subscribe, not to miss the next interview. Have a nice day!